Hi, everybody. This is Patty Negri. Welcome to The Witching Hour. I have a very magical guest for you today, David L. Sloan. He is the doll tender of Robert the Doll and on the show, Scared and Alone. So it should be some spooky fun. But before I bring on David, where's Patty? That's right. I don't know if you don't know, so let's both find out. I am home. If you are listening to this, the week we first drop on Monday, June 20th, I am home. I am here all week. It's kind of a quiet week, and I'm going to appreciate it. I'm teaching my class on Tuesday. I might be doing something special over the weekend, but I haven't announced it yet. So you'll just have to stay close to my website and to social media. But I'll let you know about that later. Um, but I'm teaching my regular class. And I don't even know what I'm teaching on Tuesday yet because we like surprises, right? But the one thing I am excited about is that Welcome Paraflex people. This is my first official full week as part of the Paraflex network. Yes, you could listen to me. You could watch me on YouTube and Apple Music and Audible and Beanpod and Podbean and everybody else. But I'm on Paraflex, my very own Paraflex, Netflix of the paranormal. So all of you discovering me for the first time, welcome. My name is Patty Negri. Uh, I'm a witch. I talk to dead people. And I have the most amazing guests on this show. So I just wanted to make a great big welcome. I hope everybody had a great Father's Day, those who are fathers or animal fathers or ghost fathers or whatever else you want to call yourself. Um, but I'm home. Hollywood, me, Belle, my dolls, my Barbies. Hi, everybody. Okay, guess what time it is. It's time to wake up Willow from the sofa. Open your eyes. Yes, it is time for the yawn, the Willow Report. And the Willow Report this week, I thought I would talk about words and titles and things that we say. Um, because I've been saying Willow is a naughty dog and wild Willow for so long. And of course, she's lived into it. And I started noticing things like people whose dog is named Killer or tornado they act they like that so willow i like willow because she's magical and we already talked about that willows bend but they don't break which is a good thing for a wiener dog but i'm going to start calling her this beautiful smart young lady who looks at the camera on occasion <laughs> a well-behaved girl and since i started doing that guess what She's actually starting to live into it. She is being a good dog. She's being a perfect dog. She's being a nice girl. She's being a quiet girl when she needs to. She still likes to yawn. You guys, one day I'm going to take this remote. I'm going to take this into the backyard and show you how fast she is, how energetic she is. Not when I just wake her up off the couch and all she does is yawn and avoid camera. Um, but basically, be careful. If you're just saying bad dog all the time, you don't think they understand English? I think they do. Because your energy is behind it, whether they know the words. So we have this self-fulfilling prophecy. So they have pet-fulfilling prophecy. So if you're getting a new pet, be careful if you name it something that's really wild or really naughty because you're probably going to get a naughty dog or a naughty cat or the wanderer might take off. So 
think about the name like perfect dog, yummy dog, or we could just call you yawny dog. That's it. She's living into her new, I'm a grown up, I'm a lady, I'm a good dog. That's the Willow Report. Please look at the camera. Please look at the camera. <gasps> Almost. Mm -mm. Let's do some magic, shall we? This week, I've talked about it a little bit before, but I'm feeling very animalistic, so to speak. <laughs> Let's talk about an animal familiars. Um, we use the term a lot. Everybody thinks, ooh, animal familiars, the witch's cat. Yeah, the witch's cat is certainly an animal familiar, but we actually have three different kinds of familiars. Yes, we could have the physical familiar. The cat traditionally, or it can be a dog, or it can be a snake, or it can be an owl, or it could be a hamster. Um, of the spirit animal is a physical living entity, entity that the magician or the witch or the sorcerer or the new age or whatever has a real common bond with that animal. They seem to uh, gather around when you're doing magical work. They kind of hang out by your altar. They like ritual. Um, lots of tells. Lots of little signs to tell you that your animal might be a familiar. One, they can read your mind. They know when you're sick. They come give you attention when you need attention. You really do have a psychic mind. You really can understand each other. That animal might be your familiar. There's lots of ways that you can um, get closer with that animal familiar. Um, there's a beautiful little kind of like a little meditation that you want to do with that familiar get down on their eye level wherever their eye level are your bird up here your dog down here your cat over here stare into their eyes kind of match up your breathing if you can match up your breathing if you could do that at all kind of just say i'm into your eyes and you're into mine i'm into your mind and you're into mine sit there and stare at each other as long as you want to and then say in your mind or i like out loud my heart is your heart, nerve, bone, and spine. My mind to your mind, your vision is mine. I look through your eyes and you look through mine. Between us, we know things beyond both our kind. <laughs> but you will notice your little kitty or your little doggy or your little hamster going, yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. And they really can be what familiars do, whichever form of familiars, they kind of help us navigate the world. They are. They are protectors. They keep us protected within circle. They keep us protect us. They let us know if something icky comes in. I mean, even if it's not your familiar, how many of you notice that your dog or your cat is talking to something in the corner that you can't see? Yep, they see spirits. They see through the veil, even the non-familiar type. Another good way to tell if it's your familiar, um, there's some interesting traits to them, like they do know when you're doing magic. They're not afraid of fire. They're not afraid of elements the way a lot of animals are. They're not afraid of water. It's like that's part of who they are. So again, not all animals are familiars. Not all animals need to be familiars. But if you're a magical person, which you probably are listening to this, go check out that kitty or that doggy or that canary, whatever you are. Maybe they're more of a working partner than you do. Or maybe you knew all along. But anyway, that's the physical kind of familiars. The other kind, or the second of three kinds, is the spirit animal. The spirit familiar 
that's kind of like your Native American totem. That is, I'm of the wolf family, I'm coyote family, the owl, I'm dolphin. Those are the ones, um, they're your spirit animal that guides you. Uh, you're not usually in living form, they're usually in spirit form. And you could look them up and you can go, wow, I always have this attraction to bears or to giraffes for that matter. And whatever it is, you're at the zoo and that's the animal you're standing by. Or you're going through a book and that's the animal you're going to. Look that animal up. That animal probably has a message for you. Like, And they're really interesting. Again, we all have Google. We all have Siri. We all have, you know, there's beautiful books on it. But just getting out the, hey, Siri, who is? What is spirit animal of an eagle? And I think Siri's going to talk right now. Stop it, Siri. Stop it. Never knows when I'm on air. Magic. My Siri is my spirit animal. No, it's not. <laughs> so anyway, so you look it up and you go, oh, wow, that makes sense. That's either something that you really, really need in your life, like the strength of a lion or the the flexibility of a cat, or you could sneak in, please, the, the mischievousness of a coyote. And you go, wow, this is something I need more of my life. Or basically, this is who I am. And these are my strong suits. And this is why I'm here. So that's the spirit type of familiar, animal familiar. The third type is the created type. Those are the kinds we literally give life to. Dragons, all those of you who know me or know me very well, many of you have a dragon. This is a created spirit animal and we could do it with all sorts of things. Um, whether you're breathing life into it and you're creating the spirit life. Actually in traditional British witchcraft, they don't rare they rarely will put their familiar or invite their familiar you don't put them you invite your familiar into your cat they do it into a skull into a bone uh they call it a bone it's not a real bone not even a real skull usually but because it has eyes and face and teeth just like we talked about on the haunted dolls um sub section lately they put their familiar there, so it's always there where a cat might go, hmm, not today. Even the best of familiars is still a cat. They might go, hmm, not today. Your, your familiar, created familiar into a place is different. So we have created familiars, the gargoyle protector outside of our house, the owl that's keeping the birds off. Again, give them life, give them spirits, your, your, all sorts of things. So when people say, I have a familiar and you get confused by it, they can have all sorts of things. So go pet your living familiar, learn your messages from your spirit familiar, and then go get the beautiful work out of your self-created familiar. That's it for animal familiars. Willow, is she my animal familiar? Is that what you're saying? Is Willow my animal familiar? No, not yet. I don't know if she has it in her. I don't know. Again, even the most beloved of pets, which are families, don't all become your spirit animal. She's young though. She might be too young to know because right now she does not have the attention span. She does like magic. She can see the other side, but she's not yet my familiar. Only time will tell. That's it for magic. Today my guest is David L. Sloan. He is an author, and he is a definitely a ghost freak. He is best known for his research and relationship with Key West's infamous 
Robert the Doll. Sloan innovated live paranormal entertainment, launching some of the first commercial ghost tours and ghost hunts in America. Sloan is the author of 20 books, including Ghosts of Key Wests, Haunted Key West, and the biography of Robert the Doll. Featured on Travel Channel, Discovery Plus, and History, Sloan lives in Key West and is president of DLS for productions. I am honored to bring you David L. Sloan. Thank you, David. Thank you. Uh, I'm so excited to be here. Where I know you from a little bit is Scared and Alone as well, which wasn't in your book. Scared is Alone is something we worked with the same producer together um, with Rob Cohen. And tell us what Scared and Alone is. Scared and Alone, it's, uh, it's probably the coolest project I'm involved with at the moment. And I'm, I'm doing a lot of stuff. But it's uh, their live stream paranormal ghost hunts where people can join in from anywhere in the country. And, you know, there are a lot of great paranormal shows out there. This one's very different, though, in that there's uh, Courtney, who is ghost bait. And I mean, if you meet Courtney, you absolutely love her from the second you meet her. And we send her to different haunted locations all around America. And she goes in alone. And the panel guides her on where to go. And we've got an incredible panel of people and you know it, it's a it's a very diverse group uh there's a psychic artist uh, we have uh, researchers investigators different people with different psychic abilities and then what i think is the coolest anybody in america anybody in the world gets to join in online and share what they see mm -hmm. people with EVPs, they direct the hunt yeah, it is amazing. I have certainly watched it, and I actually was one of your guest panels once, and it was honored to do it. And it, it it's different than anything out there because usually, um, you have the whole crew is in there, and we, even if it's just a few investigators, there's a few people with cameras and all that. This is just her alone, and she looks scary even if she's not. <laughs> she's adorable, yeah. um, Courtney. And then you have this whole other panel, so it's reversed of what you're used to. We're used to one guy over in base camp or whatever watching what's going on, and then everybody else in the in the thick of it. You guys reversed it. Yeah, and having so many people watching too. Uh, it makes it so that people pick up on different things. And what I love, there's a lot of people who are sensitive to spirits. And when they're watching, you'll, you'll get the same people saying, oh, my God, I see somebody behind you. Oh, gosh, watch out for that. Something just moved. I'll just move. And when you have multiple people confirming it at once, it can get pretty intense. Yeah, that's the cool thing. That's one of the cool things to me about tech. I'm not a tech girl, but this is one of the great inventions that we all can be together in the same haunted house from all over the planet. T different time zones, different everything. It's it's awesome. So how did you become this, this author and ghost freak? Were you always into the paranormal or how did that happen? I had a kindergarten teacher and she always told us about the ghost haunting her house. So every day kindergarten started and she had a Native American spirit. And it used to throw her cat down the stairs. It would be knocking around behind her walls. And she said, on the last day of class, I'm going to show you a photograph of my ghost. And she did. She Last day she did it, it was a slide photograph of a flower pot that she had taken a picture of. And you could very clearly see this Native American spirit behind it. And I was hooked since then. And then my family was part of a haunted hotel in Germantown, Pennsylvania. My great grandfather was supposed to haunt it. And we'd hear the stories. And I remember one day looking up and seeing 
something moving in the window that he was supposed to haunt. So, so I've always been a believer. Uh, and, and of course, of course I never went in that direction, but you know how the universe kind of pulls you in the direction where you're meant to go. I was in, 100%. I, was, I was managing cruise ships and I went on a ghost. I was in Scotland and saw a sign for a ghost tour there. And they didn't really have ghost tours in the United States at the time. You know, this is pre-internet. And I went on the ghost tour and it was the most amazing thing. They took you to the underground vaults. They had a witch's coven down there trying to protect people from all the paranormal activity. And the tour guide, he dislocated his shoulder intentionally when telling one of the stories. And I saw all this and I said, oh my God, this is what I need to do. So I quit my corporate job. Wow. I moved to Key West and I slept on my friend's kitchen floor for a couple of weeks and started researching the ghosts and nobody was talking about them. You know, I was about to leave town because I couldn't find any stories. And then I went to the Florida history room. There was a guy there who hadn't been there before. And in this walk-in vault, he had a file about three inches thick of newspaper clippings from the past 50 years of all the haunted history. It changed wow. my life. Yeah. Wow, that is beautiful. Yeah, because you are like the consummate guy to go to in history and knowing things of what's going on. So how did the Robert the Doll interest come? So when I was going around knocking on doors, once I found out the haunted houses in Key West, I knocked on the door of the artist house, one of the bed and breakfasts in Key West. And I was looking to talk about the ghost of Ann Otto that I had read a little bit about. And when I told the owner, I said, hey, I'm here to talk to you about your ghosts. He said, oh, you mean Robert? I said, no, I mean, Annette. He goes, oh, let me tell you about Robert. I said, well, I'd really like to hear about Annette. He goes, no, believe me, you want to hear about Robert. And he told me the story. And I thought, this guy is insane. And he said, do you want to see the room where Robert used to live? I said, well, yeah, sure. As soon as he said that, the phone flew off the hook. We're talking old school telephones, you know, with the cord. It flies off the hook and snaps back. He doesn't even blink. It was like this stuff was happening to him all the time. And then we start to go up the stairs. The door on a bookcase opens up to block me from going. And he wow. said, he said, yeah, Robert doesn't want you going up there. We go up the stairs into the attic. It's furnished with these little chairs and tables like a creepy kid's party is about to explode. I get this negative heat energy. I thought I was going to be physically ill if I didn't get out of there. And I said, thank you for your time. And I left and I was thinking, what the hell just happened? And then I called the museum where Robert the doll was and he wasn't on display. He was locked in a back room. I called, I had to talk to four different people before someone was willing to actually touch him and bring him out. And when I saw him, it looked like a plain doll, nothing to him. When I tried to take a photo, boom, he came alive. <laughs> And that same energy I felt in the attic returned. I thought I was going to be physically ill. And I was hooked on Robert since then. And nobody knew anything about him. There were a lot of legends. And I made up my mind at that point, I'm going to find out the truth about this doll. And that's what I've been doing for about 26 years now. That is amazing. And everybody, I mean, I think even more than Annabelle or Peggy or whatever, I think Robert the doll is the most famous, the most known, uh, yeah. perhaps the most feared. So for those who don't know those two people may be listening, well, what is the story behind Robert the doll? So Robert's 117 years old. He originated around 1904. He was created by the Steiff Company in Germany, 
and they're the people who invented the teddy bear. Um, he was given as a, as a gift to a Key West boy, and the boy became obsessed. Um, and whenever you get in trouble for the different things that, you know, kids do, um, one story says he used to push the servants into the closet and hold the door so they couldn't get out. And when people confronted him, he'd say, I didn't do it. Robert did it. And these stories uh... on and on and then into his adulthood. Uh, and then after he died, other people around the doll started experiencing these strange things. Kids used to look up and see the doll moving in the windows of the house. Uh, and now the dolls at the museum and a curse comes with them, where if you disrespect him, people are cursed. He's received close to 10,000 letters from people begging him to remove his curse. Wow. So do you or does the museum have protection set up around him and things of anything so people don't get the curse? Or do they give you directions like say hi, you know, don't look him in the eye or any of those kind of things? You know, um, the museum looks at him as an artifact and they protect him. I mean, that, that's their mission is to pr protect him. And they know the stories. Um, I'm separate from the museum, but I work in conjunction with them to do the ghost tours. And, you know, before there was a there was a company that would come up and they weren't really paranormal investigators, great entertainers. And they started the legend that you better ask Robert for permission to take his photo. But as you know, it's very dangerous when you ask an entity for permission, uh, you give away your power, you're actually putting them above you. And it's best to keep things on equal ground. So whenever I'm conducting the tours, the first thing I tell people is don't ask permission, just be respectful. As long as you have the respect, you're good. Um, right. And then I, I do a cleansing at the end of every tour as well. I love it. I love it. Yeah, respect. That's my number one world of ever, anything. The spirit world, human world, any other world. You don't have respect. That's when trouble starts. That's when with everything. Ah, so I, I, I love that he's German. I didn't know that. My little girl in the back, Peggy the doll, she's 107, eight now. She's a German doll. Um, yeah. And people see her move all the time. I have to keep her a little bit back because she freaks out people all the time. Um, she was sent to me by a girl who saw me with Peggy the doll on a, a ghost adventure show doing a mm -hmm. seance with Peggy, who this was before anybody kind of knew who she was but she'd given heart attacks and she saw me that oh if I could handle Peggy I could handle this doll and she sent her to me from Belgium with my permission Peggy I mean not Peggy Belle was so strong that I had never done a Facebook live before ever not one and I opened her up and I know there's a weird thing about package opening but 50,000 people watch me open this not it's never happened since never happened before but this doll just drew in all these people she was dark she had a, a really dark energy which i didn't let the sun set i got that out it's like because she had made this girl's hair fall out for three years and her kid's sick and like i don't have enough hair as it is so i i banished that spirit but then there's this it was still haunted doll it was this beautiful little girl spirit so now now she's just part of the family so i just love that you have the doll robert this one over here i mean this isn't patty show and tell but we're talking dolls she's not haunted she's absolutely not haunted she was sent by a friend who knew i had this doll thing and she kind of looked like my world um, but I was teaching a class not too long ago, a few months ago, and I'm teaching a class. All of a sudden, the doll literally slides into camera oh. like this. And I, I didn't notice. I'm, I'm teaching, talking away because I'm looking in the camera. And then people all started talking about it. And 
I'm I'm looking at it, I was like, she is not haunted. But we blew up the video, and sometimes they're just little vessels. We blew up the video, and a big whole orb of light came out of my bookcase over there into yeah. the doll, through the doll, and just move, move the doll. She's still not haunted, but she likes to sit here. She hasn't moved since, but That's yeah. amazing. That's what I think. Um, you know, after the Annabelle movie came out, everybody started collecting haunted dolls. And, you know, I almost put air quotes around it when I say haunted dolls, because I don't believe they're all haunted, but I do think they're great vessels. And you go back and you go you go back to, to Africa and to Egypt and to China and you go way back and dolls were vessels where they'd use them to call the different gods down to teach the children about the different gods. So I do believe a lot of dolls do act as vessels and we have the spirits around us. As you know, there's so many spirits that we don't know their names. We don't have an article of their clothing or anything to, to relate to them. We don't even know what they look like. So I think when we have a doll and we say, oh, this one has this spirit, I think any spirit around will come in and say, great, I'm there. That gives me energy. Yeah. That's so cool yeah, I, I, with yours. I, uh, I agree wholeheartedly because uh, me, I'm a witch. And there's a lot of, uh, I, you know, and our familiars aren't always in our cats because cats sometimes hate that. You know, no, sit down. We're doing magic. I'm a cat. No, I don't want to. In traditional British craft, they would put your familiar in like a statue, like a skull statue, not a real skull, just a skull, because it has eyes and ears and nose and you could breathe into it and listen to it. So we do it with statues and idols and dolls all the time. And if you were a loose wandering spirit of some sort you could go into a a water bottle or something a doll that has eyes and ears and hair it's a no-brainer yeah and you know on scared and alone so many of the locations that we go to you know a lot of the people once they embrace the hauntings at their location uh, a lot of them end up having some creepy dolls around and I, I think in a lot of the episodes we've gone to these rooms where there's a creepy doll and I'll tell yeah. you, I think it's everybody focusing their energy on them will have the craziest stuff happen with these dolls. And sometimes it surprises the owners of the location. They're like, whoa, that doll's never done anything like that. Yeah, I think so, too. Just like, and again, we as a, a thought form ourselves, humanity, have created that. Just like what we've done with the Ouija board. Turned it, it's just a tool, turned it into something evil. And Hollywood did that and we did that. I think now haunted dolls are going to be... Are. And I, I do air quotes a lot too, not just because not every doll is haunted. Sometimes it's just the vessel, but you, people are just, you guys check it out. Go to, a, go to a thrift store maybe to get your haunted doll because you can't go on eBay and one person has 17 haunted dolls for sale and they come with, it's like, oh yeah. It's as haunted. You went to Target, you bought the doll and you sold it. So be careful out there, you guys. Use your intuition to feel it out or go find or create your own haunted doll. Yeah, I think I that's easier. We did an experiment on the tour. I bought a doll on eBay that was 100% not haunted. And I put her in a rocking chair. And I told stories every night and I said, she can make that rocking chair rock. And it took about three months of saying that she could do that. And she started doing it. Uh, yeah. It's happened 15 times now, normally very slight, but the other night it moved, it, it moved so much. I pull out my camera to try to film it. As soon as I pulled out my camera, it stopped abruptly like somebody had put their foot down. But I do believe that we can, you know, if we direct our attention, just like you're saying, we, that we make these nesting vessels. Yeah, we do. And again, if, if I was a loose spirit, 
sure as heck I'm going to take a doll, a sweet doll, a scary doll. It doesn't matter. You have something with eyes because with the power we've given and eyes. Uh, going back to Scared and Alone, and yes, haunted dolls are the thing. I just love it now that all these grown-ups, men, women, everything, want to see my doll? Right. <laughs> yeah. It's the best. Forget the, it's the best. It is the best. Do you guys know where you're going next for Scared and Alone? No. And that's like one of the really cool things about it. A lot of times it's a mystery. And the producers, the producers are absolutely incredible. Uh, Rob Cohen and Christine Roth, they find the locations. And in, not just any location works for this. There's some technical things. Of course, they have to have good internet. Um, they have to have legitimate hauntings and a great history to them. So when we find the locations and nurture them, a lot of times uh, the cast will find out just a couple of days before. And this is great because um, a lot of the cast goes in blind. They don't know anything about the location. Um, so like the ones, the ones who are psychics or sensitives, um, yeah. they won't know a lot. I like researching the properties. So they'll let me know a couple of days in advance. And uh, Christine does a ton of the research and then I'll go through different archives and see what I can pull up. And, and I love getting, you know, you can find these uh, suicides, murders. Um, sometimes it's even like springs running under the properties or they were built on Native American grounds. You never know what you're going to find. But when I find it, I go through like a two day rush of researching everything mm -hmm. and then boom, it's the show. And it, it is like the show has an energy of its own and everybody just, it, it takes, the show takes over and it rides and the two hours goes by before you know it. And then when it's over, it's like, wow, what happened? And everybody's just, everybody's excited. Everybody's drained. They can be really intense episodes. It's unlike anything I've ever experienced. Yeah. And for everybody, it is, it is live in the moment, whatever time it is, everybody's watching it live. It's, it's a magic. And I like how you guys do it too, because I'm that way. I don't, I'm going in as a medium. I don't want to know anything, anything, but I want one of the more investigators there or the, to know everything. So I think that's the right mix to have. But since we have one, why don't we show everybody? Why don't we go to a clip of Scared and Alone? Queen of Shadows oh seeing it. Uh, Greg Rutter saw it. Tabitha Meadows says it's crawling on the floor. No, oh, no, no, no. no, what? no, no, what? no, no can you get down. can you get down on the floor? That's the bear. Is there anyone here with me? I get the sense that there's something that doesn't want her there. great episode and that was uh miss Haley michelle as ghost bait and she was filling in as ghost bait on that time we uh we have two different ghost baits miss Haley michelle she is the paranormal princess she has an incredible collection of haunted dolls and she's very intuitive with a lot of these things she picks up on what's there before anybody else does Yes, she is great. I love Haley. We, uh, yes, we wander around together when she's in town. It's very good. Well, so that is fabulous. Well, everybody, where can people find Scared and Alone? Scaredandalone.com. And the live go. episodes happen most Saturdays, uh, but there's a full 14 episodes available online. So people can go there and start to get acquainted with it, uh, watch some of the past episodes. They can read all of the different people who are
over there. And we've got Dean Hanglin from the X-Files. There's uh, Richard Lael Lillard, and he's uh, he's the spectral Bob Ross, they call him. He does <laughs> psychic paintings where he goes in blind. Sometimes he'll start with a background, or if he knows the place, he'll, he'll paint a little bit of it. But as the show's going on, he'll do some paintings. And it's wild because I know what some of the people look like from the research that I do. He captures images like you wouldn't believe just just by tuning in. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's some really incredible stuff. Yeah. Again, some of my favorite people. I love Dean. Got to meet him a couple of times at the Paracons and stuff, and he's great. Um, Richard Lael, yes, I I, I discovered him. No, I didn't discover him, but I'm the one who got him on Ghost of Adventure. Like, oh my God, Zach, you have to meet this guy. He's not like anybody else on the planet, really, or two he's, planets. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. So um, so where would you like to go? So you're into this paranormal, you're into the ghosty thing. Is there a specific, either other doll you would like to meet or place you would like to go that's on your bucket list? Yeah, you know, a lot of the insane asylums are on my bucket list. Um, I'd done Trans-Allegheny in September. My wife and I took a road trip. We started off in Pennsylvania. And we, we drove all the way back to Florida and we hit a lot of the different haunted locations. Uh, so the insane asylums are something that I really appreciate. There's something about the energy there <laughs> that, that I can relate to. Uh, but I like that, you know, and I've always, I've always had this theory that it's, it's really how we're tuned in, uh, you know, almost like a frequency that we tune into. And I think, you know, a lot of insane people saw spirits. Uh, a lot of times if people are under the influence of drugs or alcohol, they'll see spirits. And then a lot of times when people have worked hard through their life, they can tune into that. I think it's like a radio dial where all three of those are down on the same part of the dial, but just a few <laughs> steps apart. Uh, and so I think that's why I relate to the insane asylum part in there. I think <laughs> and if, I feel like I'm tuned in not far from, from where they ended up going. Right. No, I agree wholeheartedly. I, I see people on the street, uh, you know, living people, not, not, I turn that spirit thing off and some of them really are talking to spirits. I think it goes both ways. Um, people with some, whatever that mental deficiency, whether it's born that way or caused by drugs and alcohol, see through this thing that they can see them. Or sometimes it's people that can see them drive, drives them crazy. I think it's a circle that can work both ways. I do think on the negative side, of, you know, addiction problems actually lead to it. That's why I'm, I'm still going to do it. And I'm getting people behind me now. I want to go to the Cecil hotel have with every healer, witch, psychic, priest, rabbi, shaman, anything you want, a cleanser, a clearer of bringing it in and hold hands around that place because that's the people they're moving into the Cecil hotel in downtown Los Angeles. It is the darkest, scariest place I've ever been literally, but bar none. And they're moving in people um, from Skid Row, people with mental imbalances, um, addiction problems. And they're al already, there's ambulances there every day taking people wow. away. If they walk in like zombies, they walk out like zombies. And even a, a relatively sane person without an addiction problem within a half a block, you want to start killing yourself. You want to just, there's no reason to live. And Oh, I'm so worried for those people. So you come on out if we do the big Cecil Hotel, hold your hands around downtown LA. You do out if, if you do go out there i'm definitely with you okay it's it's a deal uh yeah i actually um yeah 
I really, it's become my new quest. I was there with Ghost Adventures for a couple nights. I was there with my TFIL, my YouTube guys for a night, all night through into morning. And then I even just a couple months ago, bribed my way in, which is not easy. I've tried many times. Haley Michelle and I tried to do it and she was so mad. I did it soon after she was here and it didn't even take that much money, but we got in, but the people are zombies there already. They really are. Th mm. This place affects the living people that come into it and the dead people that has got them stuck there. Mm -hmm. it's, so it's like, all right, you're coming out. <laughs> wow. That's so, so, um, that's so much. I mean, it's just the intensity of what you're talking about. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. It never any place. I loved it. Cause working with Rob too, you know, he's got the signs from the place and we're all posing with signs and we were at the convention in Vegas. That place is scary. Um, that place is scary. And so we'll see. So any new books in the works for you or anything? What are you going to write about next? 20 books. Yes. That's a lot. Right now working on a book about the history of key lime pie. Uh, so, <laughs> Ooh, scary. <laughs> I'm all ghosts, but um, you know, I'm I'm doing a few other ghost books too. One of the stories that uh, that I want to get down on paper, but it's just taken a little bit of time, is about my possession with Robert the doll. I went through several years of hell, and it was really? before, it was before I understood that there were multiple entities with Robert, and you know, in trying to find things out. Uh, things got really dark and I had multiple attachments and I ended up having, I put out a plea on social media begging for help. And if, before that, I thought, Oh, I'm Mr. Ghost guy. I know everything. Uh, this smacked me down so hard and made me realize I, I know nothing. Uh, and somebody put me in touch with a Santeria priest in town. He came over, he goes through the house. He goes, David, I'm not getting anything. And this is the night, this is the night after I had been yanked from my bed which is why I was so terrified. Uh, and when wow. he got to the bedroom, he said, there it is. I can't deal with this on my own. And he brought more Santeria priests from Miami and they didn't charge me anything. They were doing this to help. Uh, they did a Misa, a spiritual, spirit mass. And wow. it wasn't like you see in the movies where it was midnight with the candles burning. It was middle of the day with the windows open and the lights on. And they removed dozens of spirits from me that were possessing me. Um, I saw spirits. They introduced me to spirit guides and I saw them as clearly as I see you right now. It really gave me a different understanding of what's out there. And it gave me a taste of it. Um, and, you know, so that entire, it, it's one of those things where it, you have to be careful revisiting it. Um, yeah. But, and, and that's perfect because that's exactly where I was going to go dealing in this world. Like I have this whole spirituality thing behind me, magic thing behind me. I have a school that teaches that university magicus. Nope. And I'm so glad because people get into the paranormal who, who don't realize what it is and you get into trouble. And now people really are knowing you have to have a, whatever your backup plan is, where you're working within your faith, your religion, your belief system, Santeria, Jesus, whatever that is, know who you're going to call and what you're going to do, what you're going to do it. And we're really starting to teach that. Stefan Brigatti, who's a good investigator, and I are teaching a, what if you have negative attachment class next Sunday? I'm actually bringing in my, um, 
my nephew and his wife, who's been fighting negative attachments in their house, I just had them on the first Ghost Adventures house calls. And what it's like to be fighting, I should have you come talk to it too, when you have a possession, how, when you realize it, when you don't realize it. My friend Kadrick Olson, who also teaches at the school, he teaches paranormal protection because, you know, it doesn't, whether you call it religion or spirituality, you just have to know we're opening doors, we're walking into places, it's serious. And I think a lot of times in the paranormal world, there's a, there are a lot of egos. Um, and I think a lot of times when people have the ego, they say, I don't need to do that. You know, they might tell other people, oh, you should you should cleanse. You should protect yourself. But then yeah. when it comes to doing it themselves, they'll think, well, I do this all the time. I don't need to. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of times people learn the hard way about that. Uh, I, I know I was so terrible at it. And I was giving ghost tours every night. So I was out dealing with different spirits. And it's almost as if the spirits... Um, could see that I was more susceptible to them and they'd come in trying to communicate, but maybe I wouldn't hear them. And then they'd get frustrated and started causing chaos. Uh, so when they did the Santeria ritual, they, they gave me like a door lady and, you know, so she's one of, one of my, uh, one of my guides and she's stationed with me because I was so terrible. So she's just yeah. at the, the velvet rope. And if any spirits come up, she's like, Nope, sorry, you're not coming in private party. Uh, yep. But it's so important for people to cleanse. It, it totally is important. Yeah, I have guardians I bring in. I have, again, figure out there's lots of words and names and things that you do with it. I have definitely. Um, I love that. And, and I do because I again, I say this all the time. It's, times are scary. The world is scary. People are going, if, if, discovering they need to know there's more than what's out here in this black and white world, what they see on TV with pandemics and wars. So some people are going to religion, traditional religion. Some people are going to more alternative, new age, old pagan way. And some people, my thoughts are still don't, still don't even want a spirituality or a religion or an understanding, but they still want to know there's something out there besides what they see. And there's the ones getting into the paranormal. And again, which is great because usually they backdoor their way in and going, oh, there is more. Oh, let me find a way, a Santeria, this or that, knowing whatever words you want to use. But I'm just seeing it more and more. I was just at a conference all weekend. It's like, yep, yep. These people, they're searching, they're searching. So they they want to find it by a ghost hunt. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's so great. And I loved during, uh, during the episode of scared and alone that we were on together. I loved how you let everybody through a cleansing. Um, and, you know, Richard Lale does, uh, he'll do those on most episodes too, bring yeah. people breathing and try to try to refocus and, and make sure that you don't leave with the attachment. Cause we've, yeah. had, we've had some people get some, you know, people who are just participating online who get some incredible reactions um, from the location, even though they're not there. Yeah, no. Yeah. And again, I radio waves, TV waves, whatever these things are, don't make it, don't make a difference. They're still a conduit, no time and space on the other side. So you certainly can just like, again, with Peggy, the doll now at Zach's museum, people were having heart attacks and getting sick, just seeing her on camera, not live, not within the same continent for that matter. Um, I was doing a seance this weekend and at an old haunted 1930s theater in Ventura, part of Paracon. And all of a sudden this person came in who was obviously like comes up almost like a food poisoning, but it wasn't by accident. It was somebody did it. 
at least 10 or 15 people of us got nauseous all at the same time. I mean, seriously nauseous at the same time, but we cleared it. But one lady kept it with her. We were supposed to go on the investigation and I had to really work on her because she held it in and she kept up. I'm keeping, no, you don't really need to keep this sickness and nausea. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, time is flying by. I have many more questions. Well, you'll just have to come back. Will you come back? I would love to come back. Okay, great. So tell people where they can find you, where they can find your books, where they can come see you live and do ghost hunts. And sure, all, my, all of my books are on Amazon. Um, you can do, I think, uh, amazon.com slash author slash Sloan. That'll bring up all of my titles. Uh, if people come to Key West, they should go to hauntedkeywest.com. That I've started a haunted directory that lists haunted hotels, haunted uh, restaurants and bars. And it lists all the different ghost tours, you know, mine included. But this way people can pick from the seven different locally owned and operated tours and decide which one is best for them. Uh, of course, if they want to see Robert the Doll, I'm ghostfort.com. So you guys check it out. David L. Sloan, investigator, author and ghost freak. I love that. So thank you so much for coming and sharing your magic with the witching hour. Thank you, Robert. Yeah, I love you. <gasps> I just said, I called, I said, thank you, Robert. You're not Robert. Isn't mm -hmm. that weird? I, He's I, getting I, to me. He's getting to me. Uh, <laughs> and then you just went blank on the sound of that. That is so weird. Okay. Well, my dolls are moving. No. <laughs> thank you, David. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs>